Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. As a functional medicine doctor, I'm a pragmatist, and many of my patients say, if I'm going to drink, what are my better for you options? And you all know for years, if you listen to the show and all of my telehealth patients that listen to the show will tell you, one of the things I recommend is hard kombucha. If you're gonna choose to drink, hard kombucha is one of the few things that I recommend. And a brand that I love for a long time in this space is Juneshine. It's one of my telehealth patients' favorite go-to adult beverage options. Juneshine not only makes hard kombucha, but they also make canned cocktails that my telehealth patients love, like margaritas, vodka sodas, rum cocktails with premium ingredients that taste amazing and have no added sugar, which is really important. Unlike your traditional canned cocktails that typically have 20 grams plus over that sometimes of sugar, tons of calories, and cheap, unhealthy liquor. Juneshine is delicious, it's light, it's refreshing, and Juneshine comes in delicious flavors like Grapefruit Splash, Mango Daydream, Yumberry, Black Cherry Breeze, so good. Simple ingredients, real refreshing, hard kombucha. Juneshine is better for you alcohol. It's made with only real premium ingredients, and unlike most alcoholic beverages, they are transparent about every ingredient they put in their products. That's what I like about them. They are transparent and you know what you're getting. The canned cocktails have no added sugar and are made with ingredients you can pronounce. Novel thought, right? For tequila fans, they have the margarita pack with four different flavors like spicy, mango, tropical, and lime. And for vodka fans, they have their passion fruit vodka soda and classic vodka mule, plus an all new vodka soda variety pack with four brand new flavors. And for rum fans, They've got Mai Tais and their best-selling Surfer on Acid, great name. <laughs> it's their take on Rum Punch. And they have, for those that can't choose, they have a mixed pack. It has a little bit of everything, tequila, vodka, and rum. Best of all, it doesn't leave you with that, I just drank a lot of sugar feeling and a lot of alcohol feeling and gives you a lighter, brighter buzz. Juneshine can be found in over 10,000 stores across the country it's available at all the retailers you're already visiting for groceries and alcohol, like Whole Foods, Target, Ralph's, Vaughn's, Albertsons, Kroger's, Wegmans, Total Wine, BevMo, Safeway, and more. We've worked out a special offer for our listeners. At any store, you can buy one Juneshine package and get the second for only a penny. That's one cent. 
That's $12 to $20 in value. I recommend trying one of their best-selling variety packs. It's a great way to try all of their delicious flavors. Go to juneshine.com slash willcole. Text a photo of your receipt and they'll Venmo you immediately. It's that easy. That's J-U-N-E-S-H-I-N-E.com slash willcole. juneshine.com slash willcole. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor we get to consult people around the world via webcam. And I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, and the newest book is called Gut Feelings. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center that we have, we actually have brand new telehealth patient options now open. And we have lots of free resources for you there as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E. Com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, we're giving away free signed books every single month, no matter when you listen to this episode and come across it. My team and I will be randomly picking winners every single month. All you have to do for a chance to win is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well there. Tell us what you love about the show. You can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review itself. Or you can take a screenshot of the Apple Podcast review and message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole. And every single month, my team and I will be going through the messages on Instagram as well as the Apple Podcast reviews themselves. And then we'll reach out to you. And then I'll ask which book you want me to sign and then we'll send it out to you. All right, good luck. About every single month, we have my back, I don't normally say call it a clinical deep dive, but it really is a clinical deep dive. The mental health is physical health episodes are about a, once a month. And this is the latest one where we go into very specific topics of niche, like specific health conditions, right? The caveat for these episodes are that there are a lot of variables. The body's interconnected. So go back and listen to past mental health as physical health episodes for a bigger picture into the interconnectedness and confluence of variables that we take into consideration. But I want you to get a behind the scenes perspective on a functional medicine approach to specific conditions. So to do that with me are two people on my clinical team. We have someone representing the mental health and the physical health. Reason why we call it that for people that are newer to this is because mental health is physical health. Our brain is a part of our body. So we're, re we're looking at the, the bi-directional crosstalk between how mental health impacts physical health and how physical health impacts mental health. So to represent that at the telehealth that's with me to brainstorm and to geek out with everybody today on the physical health side, we have sugar-free Leonard. <laughs> Are we still going with the boxer names? Sugar-free Leonard. And I, as every time I think about it, we're, guys, we're at a, this basically not a round table, but a rectangular table uh, where I'm consulting patients. So these two lovely people come in. 
and we record this episode for we you all. We set up on opposite sides yes, of the rectangular round table. And I think of Meet the Press or, you know, like... Yeah, I like or, it. Or, you know. But my name really isn't Sugar Free Leonard. It's not? No. I, I think we should at least be honest about that. Okay. okay. Well, you just ran on my parade. But <laughs> Andrea is our functional diagnostic <laughs> nutrition practitioner, clinic manager. She's been with... We've been seeing patients with us 13 plus years, so... She's not sick of me yet, but what's up, Andrea? No, I'm not sick of you. I actually enjoy you. So, I mean, shucks. That's, we're still having a great, happy time out here together (laughs) helping people. Exactly. Uh, No, I'm excited to talk about this topic today. Me too. We're going to give it away. Not going to give it away just yet. It's a surprise. They probably read the title of this episode. They probably know already. But (laughs) I like that. I like the build up. Yeah. And on the left side of me, we have our head emotional wellness coach. Wellness doula at the telehealth center, Candice, what's up? I love that intro. I'm hyping the invisible crowd. Do you see me? I'm so Marshall, excited you can for this. Cue the yeah, Mar- Marshall, <laughs> Marshall or the laugh in. track. <laughs> Any will do. Marshall is not going to do this for us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall, our producer, gave us a round of applause, a sound effect last time, and I we really appreciate. I appreciated it. that. Yeah, so. I really thank you, Marshall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the behind the scenes that you don't see. All right, so uh, we are going to give you uh, the, today's topic is Hashimoto's disease or yes. autoimmune thyroiditis or autoimmune thyroid issues. This is one of our top patient bases that we see. Yes. We've talked about thyroid health generally in a lot of other past episodes. Go, so go back and look at the titles of the episodes. But this one's very specifically granularly on Hashimoto's, which is autoimmune thyroid issues, functional medicine perspective on it from a mental health and physical health paradigm. So let's get into it. Andrea, what do you, what questions do you have for me? Well, I want to start off first because having done this for as many years as we have, the amount of people that get told that they have Hashimoto's but don't actually know what it is, is astounding to me. So I think that for people, and it's not their fault, if the doctor is going to tell you you have something, I would have the expectation they would at least define this for you. So I think you should define it for the good people and tell them what exactly is Hashimoto's. So Hashimoto's disease, as I mentioned briefly, it's autoimmune thyroiditis is the other term for it. It's actually the first autoimmune condition I believe ever discovered and recognized as autoimmune in nature. The man who discovered it, last name was Hashimoto's. People like to name diseases after themselves. When you think of Sjogren's and Mm -hmm. many other examples, Addison's disease, many autoimmune conditions were named after somebody. I don't know if I'd want a disease named there, but maybe if you devoted your entire life to researching something. You would want it You would want it. Yeah, probably. Are there any other bonuses that come along with I that? I don't know. Like Do plaque, they get royalties? Yeah. I don't know. Probably not. I'm going to go with a solid no on that. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past the system to give them royalties somehow. But in all seriousness, oh, it's not a laughing matter. For anybody who's going through this, There, it, it is an autoimmune condition. It is the most common autoimmune condition known today. It's upwards of 90%. I've seen some statisticians talk of upwards of 90% of low thyroid function in the West is autoimmune in nature, Hashimoto's being the most common one. And it is when the immune system's attacking the thyroid, when the immune system has, quote, lost recognition of self and is attacking the thyroid 
and enzymes, thyroid proteins as a virus or a bacteria, as a pathogen and attacking it. And then there's different, you know, people's, the, the mechanism of action and understanding what the immune system is doing it. Is the immune system, has the immune system lost recognition of self or is there a hypervigilant attack against something like a virus that's embedded within the thyroid tissue? There's lots of alternative perspectives on what the immune system is actually doing, but the official mechanism, how we understand it in science is molecular mimicry. When the immune system's lost recognition of self and is attacking the thyroid tissue for whatever reason, uh, and you have a hyper-inflammatory, hyper-immune system response against the thyroid. And as you're going to learn in today's conversation, there's both the mental health and physical health aspect to not just Hashimoto's and autoimmune thyroid issues, but autoimmunity as a whole. And that's why these episodes exist. So that's what Hashimoto's is, and uh, it is not true primary hypothyroidism, meaning it's not just low thyroid hormones for the sake of it, or there's idiopathic. There's, we know the reason why. If the thyroid wants to work, it's just being attacked by the immune system. So it's very different because you want to deal with why there's an autoimmune attack against the body in the first place. And that understanding is important. And the reason why it's typically not discussed, I think within many different reasons, is because the end result's still gonna be the same in the standard model of care and the conventional model of care. So whether they have, tell you it's Hashimoto's or not, they may run the thyroid antibodies that's needed to diagnose Hashimoto's, but it's superfluous really at the end of the day in the conventional model because the end result's still gonna be Synthroid, Levothyroxine or some thyroid replacement hormone. So it's up to the doctor to wanna have that conversation or not. But from a functional medicine perspective, it really is important to understand why do I have this problem in the first place? Why do I have to be on Synthroid? Why do I have this low thyroid issue? Why do I have these symptoms? Well, it's very different if someone has sluggish thyroid for there's many other causes of low thyroid function that's not autoimmune. But for those that are autoimmune, you should want to know it. So you can, what are ways you can support your health and decrease and reverse these symptoms, which in many cases is completely possible. Yeah. And I love that. And I, I think the way that we say it to patients is exactly how you just said it. It's good to know this information, but ultimately at the end of the day, why is this happening? And then what do we do about it? So I think one of the questions that we get a lot from patients is how do we test for this? How do I even know if it's Hashimoto's? What are the signs that I'm going to look for in labs? Yeah. So the main ones that you're going to run. TSH is the one that typically are the ran in, in the standard model of care. It's thyroid stimulating hormone. It's a brain hormone. It's inversely proportional to thyroid hormones. So meaning the higher TSH typically would indicate you would assume sluggish thyroid hormones. Look, there's a lot of variables there. You cannot hang your hat on just the TSH alone because you can have hypothyroidism secondary to pituitary hypofunction. If it's a pituitary hormone, TSH is a pituitary hormone. If the brain's not speaking to the thyroid, if it's a HPT axis, the hypothalamic pituitary thyroid axis, you could have quote unquote normal TSH levels and sluggish thyroid hormones. So you cannot just bank and reduce the complexity of thyroid hormone physiology and the complexity that is you and why you feel the way that you do off of one biomarker, one snapshot in time with one biomarker. There's a lot of um, nuance and context around this. Anyways, you wanna get a full thyroid panel regardless to get a full perspective. So that's gonna include total T4, total T3, free T3, free T4, 
reverse T3, which is the thyroid sort of breaking system, and thyroid antibodies, which is the main biomarkers to, to diagnose or rule in an autoimmune component to your thyroid or Hashimoto's disease or Graves' disease, which is active um, autoimmune hyperthyroidism. So Hashimoto's can have can act as both over and, and under. It is more traditionally understood as hypothyroidism, but you can be in a thyroid storm, as they call it, when the immune system's in a hypervigilant state where you actually can see high thyroid hormones with Hashimoto's disease. And then we oftentimes will see both Hashimoto's and Graves markers, both markers, because someone with one autoimmune condition is at an increased likelihood of other autoimmune type problems. But to get back to your question more pointedly, Andrea, it's thyroid peroxidase antibody and thyroid globulin antibody, your TPO and TGA. Those are the main biomarkers paired with the thyroid hormones, paired with TSH. All of that should need, should, needs to be looked at in context. Have you heard about Zbiotics? Zbiotics is changing the game. They have a very innovative product. It is a pre-alcohol probiotic. Your first drink of the night for a better tomorrow. It's engineered by a team of PhD microbiologists. Zbiotics is a probiotic drink that breaks down the byproduct of alcohol, which is responsible for rough mornings after drinking. This is how you use it. Step one, you have the Zbiotics for best results. Make Zbiotics your first drink of the night. Step two, of course, the caveat here is drink responsibly. I am a pragmatist as a functional medicine doctor. You all know my thoughts about alcohol, but we're living in a real world, maybe have a work function, a vacation, I mean, whatever. And, or you just choose to drink. I want people to have the agency over their body and do whatever they want, just know. And I, I think as a pragmatist, this is a great solution so you can pace yourself, drink responsibly, hydrate, and get a good night's sleep. Step three, enjoy tomorrow. Where you can wake up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. What I love about Zbiotics is that the people that use this product, they're not people who drink too much or they have a problem with alcohol. These are health conscious people, responsible adults with plans for tomorrow. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. You all know I've talked about this on the podcast. It's this toxic byproduct, not dehydration. Many people think it's dehydration that they feel like crap the next day. It's not that. It's this toxic byproduct that's produced in the gut when you drink alcohol. This byproduct is what's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break down this toxic byproduct from alcohol down in your body. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut when you need it the most. Just remember to drink Zbiotics before drinking any alcohol. Of course, drink responsibly and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. Go to zbiotics.com slash willcole to get 15% off your first order when you use willcole at checkout. You can also sign up for a subscription using this code so you can stay prepared no matter the time or occasion. Zbiotics is backed with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash willcole. Use my code willcole at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode. I've been using this new protein powder. It tastes so freaking good. I know you're going to love this. It's called Clean Simple Eats. 
Usually protein powder has this chalky aftertaste, but this stuff from Clean Simple Eats, it's so creamy and smooth. You guys, there's simply vanilla flavor literally tastes like vanilla ice cream. This protein powder is blowing up on TikTok and for good reason. It's some of the best tasting protein with amazing ingredients that I honestly have ever had. This protein powder is a powerhouse of nutrition that offers a range of benefits for your body. Unlike many protein powders on the market, this formula maintains all the bioactive compounds just like nature intended. It also contains a digestive enzyme blend to deconstruct the protein into usable bioavailable amino acids that the body can actually use and absorb. They have 26 delicious all natural flavors. You can't go wrong with any of them. I love their Simply Vanilla. They have other unique flavors as well, like chocolate, brownie batter, snickerdoodle, even strawberry cheesecake. I mean, come on. One of the things I love about Clean Simple Eats is their high ingredient standards. Their protein powder has 20 grams of grass-fed whey protein with no artificial ingredients. It's non-GMO, it's gluten-free, and it's third-party tested. You know, I'll I'll tell you how exactly how I do it. I use the Simply Vanilla, and sometimes I'll just have the vanilla, but I will also put in some peanut butter, some organic Valencia peanut butter with the Simply Vanilla protein powder from Clean Simple Eats. It tastes like a peanut butter milkshake. You all know what my thoughts are about peanut butter, and if there's a place for me to put peanut butter, if there's a way for me to use peanut butter, I'm gonna do it. And this tastes amazing. Visit cleansimpleeats.com. Use code WillCool at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's 20% off your first order at cleansimpleeats.com. Get on it. So knowing how to test obviously is great, but what are some of the most common symptoms that someone's going to want to look out for? Like what, what would lead us as a clinic to normally want to look at the potential for Hashimoto's. Are there some tall tale signs yeah. that we want to look at? Yeah. So f- fatigue, just to the top of mind, I would say fatigue is one of the top ones. Yeah. Definitely. Brain fog, which some people can, when you talk about this specifically, some people can have great energy, but still have brain fog. Like they're like, I don't have, I'm not tired, but I just have word recall, name recall issues. Yes. Or it is, they'll have one without the other, or they're not always directly proportional. Now, obviously the more fatigue, it's going to exacerbate brain fog normally for people, but they know they're two separate things that they, they don't always in hand in hand, but many people will just describe brain fog as like brain tiredness. So it definitely is so much bio-individuality with even those terms and just trying to describe using the human language and how you feel. But these are common terms, fatigue, brain fog, depression, even Mm -hmm. things like anxiety, the way that the brain is rich with these thyroid receptor sites that can be impacting it, your mental health, low sex drive, weight loss resistance, feeling cold in your hands and feet, hair loss, weak nails, sluggish GI function, even IBS type symptoms. Those are the most common ones. Sleep issues. Yeah. Trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, Mm -hmm. feeling exhausted, no matter how much sleep you think you're getting. But you said said, Yeah, I said that. Yeah. So those are the most common. And let me say this, autoimmunity, whether it's Hashimoto's or something else, there's over a hundred different autoimmune conditions. But when the immune system is attacking the thyroid, just like any other autoimmune problem, things exist on a spectrum. So I've seen some 
researchers document Hashimoto's having five specific stages. I simplify it more into three main stages. There's silent autoimmunity, autoimmune reactivity stage two, and then the diagnosable autoimmune disease. So there are many people that have elevated antibodies against the thyroid or something else that are symptomatic, but aren't checking all the boxes of being diagnosable. So maybe their TSH is normal. Maybe their thyroid hormones are still quote unquote normal, but they have really high antibodies against the thyroid and they have a lot of, the, a lot of these symptoms. Mm-hmm. So that would be subclinical, they would call it subclinical Hashimoto's or subclinical hypo, autoimmune thyroidism, but it, it's autoimmune reactivity. Meaning why do we wanna wait till your body's destroyed enough of the thyroid tissue to put you on a thyroid replacement hormone and then do something about it. So it's important here that you may not check all the boxes, but these things on average take four to 10 years prior to official diagnosis when things are kind of brewing on this autoimmune inflammation spectrum. So we wanna put all of those thyroid hormones and thyroid antibodies in context, but realize that there are many people that will be symptomatic way before they're officially diagnosable. Absolutely. And I think that that's where we see a lot of patients with a lot of frustration is that they want their doctor to tell them what they have, but there's not enough clinical diagnosis there to be able to tell them, but they're still experiencing all these symptoms. So I think it's really good for everybody to understand exactly what you just said, the different stages that it, you don't need to put a name to something in the classical sense to still be experiencing symptoms and begin to explore what is driving this in the first place. And obviously once you know this, you're experiencing these symptoms, what do you find and what do we see most often are the causes of stimulating the immune system this way? What are, what is happening in the body that people are ending up with this Hashimoto's thyroid autoimmune issue? Well, depending on the study that you look at and what you're referencing, we have to look at a genetic component and an epigenetic component. And it's about a third, most researchers will say, it's about a third for most people in most cases, there's exceptions to that. When you're talking about these autoimmune type problems where a third of that's due to genetics, there's a high correlation And just because something's correlated, it's not the same as causation, but it increases the likelihood. When you're looking at different methylation genes specifically, like the MTHFR is the most common one that people know about, right? It's the gene that makes an enzyme that really is a master methyl donor. It really is an important part of methylation, which we need for regulation of inflammation markers like homocysteine. We need it for how the immune system's handling uh, different stressors in our life because it's making amino acids, which is a building block for our body. So there is a a very high overlap between people that have homozygous and heterozygous, different gene variants of the MTHFR and other methylation genes. It's not just about MTHFR, but either heterozygous or homozygous SNPs or single nucleotide polymorphisms, which we all, this is bioindividuality. See, we all have different collections of these, but the MTHFR and other methylation genes around this area of methylation uh, are highly correlated with people with Hashimoto's disease. So what mm-hmm. it means is that it doesn't mean that everybody with these methylation gene variants like MTHFR double gene variants, that doesn't mean that everybody with those are gonna have Hashimoto's, but it does mean most people with Hashimoto's has a high chance that they're gonna have some of these gene variants. So we have to understand that one third variable. Two thirds is epigenetics. Two thirds is some sort of lifestyle variable. That what researchers are really looking at, environmental toxins can be one of them, 
We know that different, uh, we measure this on labs and urine and blood tests. We can measure the antibody attack against things like heavy metals, solvents, herbicides, pesticides, like yes. glyphosate and other ones, tobacco smoke, even secondhand smoke, all have been shown and associated in the scientific literature with an increased risk of Hashimoto's disease. Different medications have also been shown to trigger autoimmune issues in some people. People with uh, sleep apnea not getting restful sleep are at increased likelihood of body under stress at triggering that genetic mm -hmm. predisposition, just like environmental toxins can trigger that genetic predisposition, the two thirds triggering the one third. Uh, radiation exposure, people, with, uh, we see actually a lot of patients in that were born and lived around the Chernobyl accident. Yes, actually more than you would realize. I mean, we're in telehealth. Yes. So we, we've seen for the past 13 years, people that were babies during Chernobyl, they were in utero growing in yes. their mother's womb during Chernobyl. And we know now that radioactive, the radioactive fallout uh, increased likelihood of other autoimmune issues, but Hashimoto's being one of the main ones that's increased risk of developing yes. this. And this isn't just Chernobyl, this is, environmental, we have to look at environmental toxins of all, all different kinds. Yeah. And um, if you do our application, you will absolutely see. These are questions that we ask yeah. new patients. High iodine levels, which is the mis kind of conception, I think, in a lot of con confusion because iodine is typically in ions, iodine's in supplements for thyroid function. Mm -hmm. It's recommended and we need it. It's an important nutrient. But there's research to show that high iodine intake can trigger autoimmune thyroid issues in some people. The major one is postpartum hormone fluctuation. And I would yes. say hormone fluctuations as a whole, but specifically you will see a lot of research either during pregnancy or after pregnancy postpartum is that they their autoimmune condition was triggered then. And we know when there's a fluctuation of estrogen and progesterone and the way that modulates the way the inflammation expressed and how the immune system's functioning, that can trigger, that could be the, the tipping point, the straw that broke the camel's back for some people. And there's also something that, uh, a mechanism called microchimerism, which I've written about a long time ago, but it's something that we don't talk enough about, but it's basically these, these exchanges of cells between baby and mom. And that's supposed to be recycled out whenever the baby's born. But sometimes those cells, those foreign cells, those baby cells are not cleared out. and the immune system of the mom starts to recognize that. It's like, why is there a foreign cell in my body? And that could be one potential, this microchimerism concept of this molecular mimicry when the immune system then turns against its own thyroid, it turns against the thyroid or another tissue as well. And then I, I have to talk about gut issues. I mean, at 75% of the immune system, so leaky gut syndrome is very much associated in the scientific literature to tr triggering autoimmune thyroid issues. Did you know that the active ingredients found in pre-mixed vitamin drinks and kombuchas can oftentimes diminish sharply over time? But Karma's unique push cap protects vitamins and nutrients until you're ready to drink it, ensuring you get the full nutritional benefits. Karma's new hydration kits, you have to check these out. They combine everything that I love about the brand's ready-to-drink line of functional waters, but with an enhanced level of convenience and customization. Each kit comes with a four-week supply of Karma push caps that can be fully customized. I've talked about these on my Instagram stories. People love them. My kids love these as well. 
Karma also designed a new BPA-free reusable bottle specially designed for its patented push caps. Customers can choose from a combination of Karma's three existing functional lines to create their customized kit. Karma, the Karma Wellness Water, which is basically like a multivitamin, multi-mineral, but it basically elevates your water. So most people aren't drinking enough water. You're not only getting the benefits of hydration and staying hydrated and drinking water, but you can get these added boosts into your water, these functional benefits to your water. So the Karma Wellness Water is basically a multi vitamins in your water. Or you can try the Karma Probiotic Water and get your gut, some gut health support from your water. And the Karma CBD Water and get all the benefits of CBD in your water. I mean, it really not only encourages people to drink more water, which is great, stay hydrated, but it makes drinking water more fun for the average person out there that's listening. Great for kids, great for families, great for you. Karma is a leading functional beverage brand and I've been a longtime fan of theirs. Visit drinkkarma.com slash Will Cole. Use code Will Cole at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. That's D-R-I-N-K-K-A-R-M-A.com slash W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E. That's drinkkarma.com slash Will Cole. Use code Will Cole for 15% off your first order. As a functional medicine doctor, I'm consulting patients all day long. I'm looking at labs, right? And we see a lot of people with hormone issues, female hormonal issues, just general across the board, hormone dysregulation, hormone imbalances. And that can impact a lot of things. It can impact your energy, impact your metabolism, your hair, your skin, so many things, but also can impact your sex life. And my job in functional medicine is to support hormonal health from the inside out, but also curate protocols that support their health from the outside in as well. And a product that I love in this category for sexual wellness is Foria. If you haven't heard about Foria, you need to check this out. They've created award-winning products to support intimate experiences across every stage of your life from menstruation to menopause. Foria's products are made with liquid coconut oil, for long-lasting moisture with 400 milligrams of CBD for enhanced relaxation. Foria fans love their sex oil because it's clean, it's silky but never sticky, and safe for sensitive skin and sensitive parts. Many people that have hormonal imbalances can have uncomfortable sex, non-pleasurable sex, and they think there's something broken with them. They think there's just that they settle for it and they don't have to. And these products from Foria is a great way to enhance your sex life. I can read insanely glowing reviews from Foria's website all day long. Honestly, you should go to Foria's website just to read the reviews. You're, I mean, it, they have a cult following, but you really just have to try their formulas for yourself to understand. And I highly, highly recommend that you do. The good news is that Foria is offering a special deal for my listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash willcole or use code willcole at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash willcole for 20% off your first order. I recommend trying their Awaken Arousal Oil, their very legendary sex oil as well. Try them both out. You'll thank me later. Another thing that I've written about in 
both, it's in Gut Feelings in the latest book, the research around childhood trauma and autoimmune conditions, specifically Hashimoto's disease. And when we look at the ACE, the ACE score, the adverse childhood experiences and looking at sexual trauma, physical abuse, neglect, uh, like these very acutely stressful events over our childhood, the higher your ACE score, the higher your ACE score, there's a higher chance that uh, Hashimoto's and other autoimmune issues can be triggered. So I know that's a lot of variables. It's a confluence of factors. It's a perfect yeah. storm. It's not going to be that everybody, everybody could be, somebody could be exposed to all of those things and they don't get Hashimoto's disease. Mm -hmm. So there is an interplay. It is a perfect storm of genetics and epigenetics. Yes, absolutely. And what are the things that we would do for someone? Like if you were going to give someone advice and say, here, now that we know the tests we need to run, here are some of the main causes. What are some of the main protocols that we use? Food is foundational, right? I mean, food is a major player in improving your body's resilience and calming down any autoimmune response. Some people, food's going to be a bigger player. For some people, it's going to be a smaller player. For most people, it's at least a medium-sized player. Medium-sized It's going to at least be noticeable when you start making intervening. Yeah. And you don't really know your own bioindividuality and your specific like puzzles to your healing, pieces to your healing puzzle until you lean into it. But food is a good low-hanging fruit to start with. And looking at the most inflammatory foods that are shown to increase intestinal permeability, what is the lowest toxin load as far as herbicides and pesticides yeah. to start to give your body a reprieve to allow your body to, to regain function and work on nutrient density, yeah. work on bioavailable nutrient densities. So your body can get the raw materials it needs like selenium, which is actually very protective to um, calming down thyroid antibodies and helping the conversion of T4 to T3. Oftentimes when the body's in that inflamed state, they'll actually have not only autoimmune thyroid issues, but they'll have high reverse T3 and low T3 and free T3. So their break to gasoline ratio, reverse T3 kind of acts as the inhibitory hormone and the T3 is the gasoline. So a lot of times people, it's, it's the cascade that can happen because of the autoimmunity. It's not just Hashimoto's. See, Hashimoto's doesn't just happen in a vacuum. It does not happen in a vacuum, but also you cannot reduce all of your symptoms to just that. Because there are some people with Hashimoto's disease that don't have low T3, and there's some people that do have low T3. So supplementing with just a synthetic T4 is just one piece of the puzzle for these people. They're, they may not even feel any different when they're mm -hmm. on T4. And I hear that oftentimes with Hashimoto's is that they're taking the Synthroid or the Levothyroxine because they knew they need to, to replace what the immune system's destroyed, but it's not dealing with the full pieces of the puzzle. So maybe it takes the edge off, maybe it does help their symptoms, or maybe it doesn't help at all, but what are the what's the bigger variables that are at play here? So food is primary, optimizing sleep is major, improving melatonin production, endogenously improving melatonin production. So what we call improving sleep hygiene, yeah, whether it's blue light definitely. blocking glasses or I, like co contrast sauna and cold therapy, getting into breath work, meditation, outside lighting, yeah, get, yeah, exactly, getting healthy amounts of sunlight during the day and blocking any blue light as much as you can in the evening can really help retrain that sleep-wake, that cortisol, melatonin, sleep-wake cycle. 
and stress management. And we'll talk about the, some of the mental, emotional stuff with, with Candace in a moment. And then and dealing with the nutrient deficiencies. We know vitamin D deficiency is highly correlated with Hashimoto's. We wanted about 60 to 80, getting a vitamin D3, K2, because we know it, it decreases antibodies. It decreases that autoimmune response because it's regulating the immune system. It acts as a pro-hormone. And every cell of your body has a thyroid receptor site. Every cell of your body has a vitamin D receptor site. So those are very needed. I'm throwing away, throwing out lots of things, but vitamin B12 has been shown to improve a lot of Hashimoto's cases as one tool to support methylation. Uh, Myo-inositol is another one that's been shown to decrease thyroid antibodies. And iron deficiency, I can't miss that. Iron is needed to make the thyroid proteins. If the immune system's attacking those, th those thyroid proteins, oftentimes the body's gonna be depleting more than it's taking in. So really looking at a full iron panel, looking at ferritin or stored iron, these are just some core basic things that you should be checking the box. Like everybody that has Hashimoto's disease or low thyroid issues in general, these are important core uh, essential things to look, to look out for. Yeah, I 100% agree. Are there any foods that you hear often that people think are bad for their thyroid, but could maybe not be negated for the Hashimoto's? We hear a lot about potential goiter issues. Yeah, and goitrogens. Yeah. yeah. So goitrogens are, they're cruciferous vegetables are mainly what people think of, like broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower. It is true that high amounts of raw versions of these can inhibit iodine uptake and impact thyroid function. But most people are not eating boatloads of raw cruciferous vegetables. Well, and where do you, clinically, where do you think that line is? What, what is a like, boatload? you load? say boatload, I need more. A, a literal boatload. No, <laughs> no, probably not that much. But Which would be impossible, right? If you're yeah. thinking about raw cabbage, raw broccoli, raw cauliflower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not cooked down. I wanted to bring this up because... To Candace's point, that's exactly it. You people think they're like, so are we talking like a quarter of my plate or are we talking like a significant amount? And that's exactly yeah. what And it's we not just those vegetables too. And I think that when you look at beans, legumes can be goitrogenic, turnips, cassava, many grains like sorghum, maize, corn, uh, millet can all be goit they have goitrogenic activity. So most of these you're cooking down. So yes. you should not be fearful of these plant compounds in the context of a well-balanced food medicine plan, right? So I, I think that people get more good out of, especially the vegetables, than any drawback. Look, there's a lot of variables to consider when you're looking at, at other plant proteins that can be problematic for some people, the sulfur compounds that could be problematic for some people, the um, high FODMAP content, the fermentable sugars that can be problematic for some people. I would say that those are potential reasons to limit some of these foods for a time, but that's a bio-individual determination. There are many people that heal just fine having these foods. And there's some people that should limit them based on digestive issues or gene variants that's being expressed. So it, this is a bio-individual thing. What I don't like, is to your, this is your point, I think, Andrea, is yes. making an overly reductive generalized statement saying, don't have these and like fear mongering if you have thyroid issues. I think that's- um, And that's what we hear a lot. We yeah. hear people come in, they're like, I can't eat any vegetables because my thyroid. And I'm like, 
mm, let's back up there a little bit because exactly what you're saying. There's some bio-individuality to consider. It's like how much of these things are you actually eating? Are we having you cook them, which breaks down some of these issues that we could see anyways? And if we get so myopic and, as you said, reductive to these one minute things, you could miss all of the really awesome stuff that can come with it. Yeah. It's the prescriptive mindset, right? If it, if this is the problem, there's this one simple answer and I can just connect it to my amount of, you know, broccoli con- consumption and I'll be yeah. fine. And it's, it's more nuanced yeah, than that. Exactly. That's why these people come to us and they're like, oh, I'm still having my thyroid antibodies are 3000, but I cut out all my goitrogenic food. I'm like, okay, but there's, you know, there's still that Starbucks latte on there. We got to talk about. So it's, there's different. Don't come at their Starbucks latte. I know. I'm sorry. I'm going to get so much flack for that statement. (laughs) Don't read the comments. Especially like those, you know, those frat people. I know, I know (laughs) them. My, my, my kids are them. (laughs) Yeah. Fraternities out there. Well, no, these are some great points. I really, I think that having done this for as long as we have and seeing the patients that we have, I really hope everybody takes away from this some of these main key points and it helps them understand thyroid a little bit better. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Now get 20% off every IQ Bar product plus free shipping when you text ABW to 64000. Telehealth patients and people on social media will oftentimes ask me, what are some convenient snacks that are healthy, nutritious, that love you back, you feel good eating them, but also taste good? A brand that I love that checks all of these boxes is IQ Bar. It's super diet friendly with no weird ingredients. It doesn't matter if you're keto, vegan, paleo, low carb, it doesn't matter. It's gluten-free, soy-free, it's GMO-free. IQ Bar is the perfect, delicious fit to any lifestyle. IQ Bar is great for your brain. It's formulated with six key nutrients shown to support cognitive energy, performance, and brain health. No more midday slump. IQ Bar is a delicious crash-free breakfast or afternoon snack that will help you win your day. IQ Bar is also great for your body. It's packed with plant protein for strong muscles, prebiotic fiber for a happy gut, and healthy fats for clean, crash-free energy. IQ Bar comes in seven mouth-watering flavors like toasted coconut chip, almond butter chip, peanut butter chip, that's my favorite one, and also the banana nut. IQ Bar is the number one brain and body protein bar in the U.S. with over 10,000 five-star reviews and hundreds of thousands of happy customers. Now get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off right now, just text ABW to 64,000. Get your discount. Again, all you have to do is text ABW to 64,000 right now. That's ABW to 64,000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. You had mentioned something and we have to, I want to shift this over to Candace because in all reality, stress and the, the adverse child experience forms, the different things that people are experiencing all the time. How much do we see stress play a role? It's massively important. So that's why every telehealth patient protocol includes mind-body practices. You, you, that's why I call them metaphysical meals in my books because they are. you have to treat them like you would a meal. And what are you serving your head and your heart on a daily basis? And it's not just about getting these supplements or doing this food. Those are all tools, but you have to look at your head and your heart. on a, And those are more nebulous, non 
non-linear, non-prescriptive things that are like, where do I start with that? So what's, what are we looking at, Candice? Yeah. Well, and I love that you mentioned you speak a lot about it in gut feelings. And one of the other things that you talk about in gut feelings is that study where they made people do math. Oh yeah. So they made people, Andrea, do you remember this one? Yes, they made I them do. do math in public speak, right? And you know, you check out the book for all of the details, but what they found is that the people that they measured their levels of self-acceptance and really self-compassion before they made them do the math and the public speaking over a period of time. And what they found is the people that had higher levels of self-acceptance, a a better disposition towards self-compassion, it actually showed a protective effect against the inflammatory response in the body caused by the stressors. And in the people that they uh, had lower scores in these areas, they actually showed like that the individual's day after day when they were doing the math and the public speaking, it mm-hmm. their inflammation levels actually spiked and spiked quicker, right? So yes. all that to say, like when we talk about if 90% of people in the in the West, when we're talking about low thyroid function is related and, and autoimmune, we have a lot of agency when it comes to inflammation. And yeah. so specifically in the mental health aspect, there's a lot we can do here. So one of the things that you talk about in gut feelings too, is there's there won't ever be a perfect formula or body perfection, right? We're not going to get it just right. And I love how you talk about falling in love with your body. You know, you can't heal a body you hate, you say all the time, but even making deep peace Mm -hmm. with where you are, with your relationship to all of these wellness components is really, would you call it the gold standard in mm-hmm. addressing sort of the the shame flammation as you talk about yeah. it in gut feelings. Yeah, it's it's so important. And that's why you need a, both a gut and a feelings com- side of healing. You need a physiological and sort of a mental, emotional, spiritual prescription, if you want to call it, or some nourishment, some attention to that side of our health. Yeah. So three quick resources. If you haven't picked up gut feelings, you actually do a 21-day prescription. Yeah. And this can be done alongside anything. So that's what I really, really love that you go over in the book. And then there are other complimentary things like hypnotherapy can be really helpful for somebody, specifically when we talk about people with Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. There's a great app called Curable that I always talk about because the more people I think you can get hooked into there, the better. And then another approach that you can take or look into is really acceptance and commitment therapy. So this is this therapy called ACT. It's really the a foundational piece and really everything that you talk about in the book, Gut Feelings goes through it too. But what ACT therapy is, is it's this, uh, it's an approach, it's form of psychotherapy, but it encourages people to take their thoughts and feelings and embrace them rather than fighting against them or feeling guilty for them. So there's components of mindfulness, acceptance in the present moment, but then also the commitment to taking your personal values and letting those guide your actions over time. So for somebody with the Hashimoto's, like a thought that they could have would be like, I'm always so tired. I can't do the things that I love anymore. The ACT therapy would guide the person to accept that fatigue is just part of their current reality, but it doesn't mean that they can't enjoy life. So you're just kind of examining thoughts again, flipping them and acknowledging you might not be able to do everything you want to do right now, or even at the same intensity. Maybe there's a little bit of nuance there, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe you can't get out and do this, but maybe you can do this version. Um, So the focus here is on recognizing that emotion, the frustration, the sadness, accepting it, 
alongside with committing to finding the new way of relating to that thought. So that's one example of how ACT therapy kind of approaches this. The other things that work really well with like this kind of therapy would be guided imagery practices. Mm. Not everybody loves guided imagery practices, but I think a lot of people do. So like a good example of one that would really align with ACT therapy would be the visualization of your, of a stream and your thoughts like floating on little leaves on the stream. So when you have a thought, you just plop it down on one of those little leaves and then you just let it float and observe it float all the way down. I'm sure you've done this as a, as a child or an adult watched a leaf go down the stream. So it really helps you connect to that first part of act therapy, which is that acceptance part. So really good practices there. Would you add, I have one more thing I wanted to share, but would you add anything in there? No, these are great. No, I love these, Candice. Well, you have a, you say something all the time to your kids, whether you can accept something, <laughs> what, yeah. be in resistance Eckhart, it's of it. from Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. yeah a- acceptance. Well, in any, the three modes of enlightened living is that I think Eckhart Tolle calls it. He's acceptance, enjoyment, or enthusiasm. Mm. So to pick one of those three things. And I oftentimes talk to patients about this because there'll be, it could be their relationship. I just talked to a patient last week. It was the marriage. It could be a job. It could be uh, these things on a daily basis where it's like, what do you need? You need to pick one of those three things because your inner resistance towards this job or this relationship is hurting your health. It's really creating that, that neuroimmunoendocrine axis to be in dysregulation and it's triggering the flare-ups. It's, it's inhibiting your healing. And you're, you're getting, you're like, these people are feeling better, right? Doing the physiological side, but the mental, emotional stuff, they've not gotten these big, massive saboteurs to their health. And there's radical acceptance that you can be in. And I'll very on the world would say, oh, that's a bleak marriage. You know, that's a, or that's a super stressful job. And they have such a deep peace that passes understanding and their health is fine. And other people, they cannot get there and they have to pick acceptance, enjoyment, or enthusiasm. Or another way of saying it that I've heard him say is change, leave, or accept. Mm-hmm. Change, leave, or accept. Can you change this job or relationship? If not, leave or accept. And those are personal decisions and questions. We have to take inventory of what we're feeding our head and our heart on a daily basis. And that's what I love about Candace. You were using... From what you were describing, I mean, some of this is going to be, are you a visual learner? Are you an auditory learner? Are you someone that needs to write things down in this practice? And I love the leaf practice. I think that that's, I think it's something that even on a primal childlike level, like you had mentioned, how many of us as a child went to streams, pluck things down, watched it go down the river, or even if it's not a stream, an ocean, carrying a bottle away, uh, us these are imageries that take us even to our childhood. So there's this subprimal level of acceptance that we can even take back to childhood. Yeah. And I love what you said, Dr. Cole, about the endocrine axis going mm-hmm. along with this, because that system is so sensitive too. And Stress, so we yeah. can impact it so easily as well. So like yeah. Andrea, to your point, like finding, okay, it's like, I love those three choices. How does somebody do that? Let's talk about the practical because People with Hashimoto's, they're tired. Mm-hmm. They may be brain fog. There's, you know, there's all these elements and it's yeah. like, how do I practically get from here to what Dr. Cole's saying, which is like, 
accept it, change or leave or change, leave, accept. This may be where taking a concerted effort and meeting with a coach can be fantastic because there, and anyone with chronic illness or going through a time of, of chronic illness, being able to adjust your life to your reality is an act of acceptance. And sometimes you need to pay or enlist someone on your team to walk you through that process. Mm -hmm. So this can be, you know, life coaches are fantastic in this capacity and they're in abundance and you can, they're so nuanced and you, there's a life coach for everybody in every circumstance and that's awesome. So what they can help you do is identify your values, assess what you're doing and really do that. Okay. Am I going to change this or am I going to accept it or am I going to enjoy it? You know, they can help you get granular with all the different elements of your life and then make those micro decisions. And then long term, you're able to commit and come and revisit. Hey, I know I aligned my values this way. It can impact your children. It can impact your spouse. It can impact impact the people that are working around you Mm -hmm. when you really get clear on your values and take that time to invest. Yeah. I love that. And that's why we weave this into patient care. It's so important. Yeah. It's so important. And the, the, those emotional wellness calls that we have, people love those so much. Yeah. They eat them up because it's, and I don't, I think it's one of those things that people don't, many people will come in and they'll, they were a functional medicine clinic. So they're thinking more of the prescriptive data driven labs and nutrition and supplementation. That's all part of it. Yeah. But I hear so many times people, I didn't realize I would need this or I didn't realize that this would be. I literally just had someone last week on a concierge call who she was like, when I was looking at the options that you provided me, I was excited about this option. I saw that there was these group classes, these mindfulness, these mind body connection, these touch points. She goes, I thought I'd like them. I just didn't realize they'd be my favorite part. And I think that sometimes even to me, I reflected on that a little bit because it's when you're signing up for things and and committing, whether it's a coach or with us or really anything in life. I think one of the things is that people don't realize that they crave community the way that they do. And not only is it the learning aspect of it, but learning that you're not learning this by yourself either. So I I do think that there's a piece of that as well. Yeah. And we talked a few mental health is physical health episodes ago of that the science around that, right? Yes. Kind of community, yeah, community. Even if it's telehealth, it's yes. like the face-to-face contact is important. Yeah. And that's uh, our group program. People reference that over and over again, that they loved having a place and we provide multiple places that they can touch base with not just our clinical team, but other people that are going through the same situation. It's right. invaluable. Which is, I so, I say this all the time, but it can be for many people that have autoimmune issues, whether it's Hashimoto's or something else, or it's a hormonal problem. It's a isolating place to be for many people, or as lovely as your friends and family may be, they don't really know what it takes to get through the day. They don't know what it is to walk exactly. this walk yeah, and to heal this. So it's cathartic in and of itself, the community. Absolutely. Right? And I think that goes back to that mind body connection and mm-hmm. the different components yeah. of that. Candace, was there anything else you said? You had one more thing. Oh, I was really walking us through t- what to take off our plate. And I may may or may not have added this personally because this is a process <laughs> I'm revisiting right now and looking and saying, what, what do I really value? What can yeah. I let go of? And what can I allow to be different than what everyone else is doing around me? Mm-hmm. I realize that every other mom is 
is doing this or at least striving to probably crying in her car at times too, <laughs> or every other, you know, employee or, or, or I don't know, spouse, but what do I value and what do I really believe about the impact of my actions? And, and what do I believe about giving myself a break? Mm. So what's that look like? I mean, really, it is a matter of going through each area. And mm -hmm. I think one of the first granular steps is looking at your day and taking note. How did this make me feel? How did that make me feel? Maybe there's something in your life on an individual basis that it's it's not the task that's the problem. It might be your lack of acceptance around it. Mm -hmm. So that first step of just looking to your day to day, you don't even have to get out your big calendar and start mapping out your life. Start with what does Monday look like? Yeah. Do you think that this is where something like journaling would come in at the end of the day, even almost writing something down and saying, this wasn't the perfect day, but what did I get out of this day? Yeah. What did I get out? Of and what I liked about what you said earlier, Andrea, is if you are a journal person, maybe journaling is where it is for you. Maybe you are somebody that likes to write, but I actually like lists. So you might list. Maybe you're somebody that loves having like a Trello board or Excel, or maybe it's something you want to do like draw. Maybe you're drawing out a Venn diagram of the different parts of your day and what you're seeing. So it's maybe really you're not drawing one a leaf way. with a word on maybe it. Maybe you're drawing a leaf with a word. Yeah. It can be <laughs> movement also, you know, are you looking through your, like moving through your day and noticing how you feel in your body and then maybe giving your body a chance to move through some of those things. Mm -hmm. It can be, I hate to say it's so broad, like, but it really is finding your own way through no, this. No, I think those were perfect examples, Candice. I think you gave people a lot of different things that they can work on, integrate. So even if you are fatigued, sleep deprived, <laughs> yes. working mom, dad, trying to get through life, these are things that in all honesty, I tell patients this all the time. Do you sit at stoplights? Do you sit, do you shower? Do you get ready in the morning? These are times that you can carve this out. It doesn't have to be super overwhelming and you can find a team to work with too. That'll help That's you do that. I was going to say enlist support. Mm -hmm. It can be one of the biggest and investments that yeah. you get the biggest payout for. Yeah. If you know that you need that support, reach out, call us, reach yeah. out to us. We're right. here. Right. A lot of our, I would say our patients don't naturally feel like they need support because yeah. they are type A, they are independent, they are high performers and they feel like, yeah, maybe, but they want something else from us, right? They want the labs, they want the protocol, but it's not until they realize, oh, wow, I was carrying this all myself. Mm -hmm. I was being my own, I was doing all the things. Those are the people that are on your consult sobbing. You, you say one thing and all of a sudden yeah. they're they're crying. And I encourage that. I say, this is the perfect time to do this because we Lay can it confront down. it. We yeah. can talk about it. We can come up with a game plan for it. Because clearly if you're crying, this was something you were holding. Yeah. Glennon Doyle, she calls uh, crying organic baptism. Yes. I oh, love no, that. I love that so much. Yeah. Oh, so. I'm going to say that all the time now. Yeah. And if your journey is that you have to come to us and sort of fight through like, okay, I want to get the labs right. Then you get your diet perfect. Then you've got the supplements. And then all of a sudden you come back around to these practices that we're talking about. That's fine too. I mean, it's a choice. It may not be the most optimal, but there's no mm -hmm. wrong way to do it. And if that's how you needed to get here, welcome. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have had people say I picked up gut feelings or one of our other books and they said, I tried. I did okay. Here I am. <laughs> I okay. I'm like, awesome. I literally am walking you guys through my day every like day. We're still happy to see you. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. Like, I'm glad that you did okay. What do you need from me to do more than okay? And yeah. that's what we can, that's really where community can provide that for you yeah, too. So for sure. Well, if you want to learn more about all the things we're talking about today, our clinical work, the telehealth center, 
new telehealth patient options, lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. See you next time. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.